Greetings, I am Erin Patton, metaphysical master in a millennial age, and it is my life's purpose to guide you and organizations along an enlightened path. So I invite you to sit comfortably and tune in as I welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial, where we get the real conversations you won't get in the boardroom so that we understand this is exactly the path we need to be on in order to grow, evolve, and thrive. Okay, welcome to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. I'm here with Greg, who I met through the internet. Actually, I was searching about masculine and feminine energies in our human body, and I came across his blog post that was so enlightening for me, awakening for me. And I reached out to Greg just to find out more about him and his craft. And I ended up doing a session with Greg. And now he's on the podcast sharing a bit more about who he is and how he got into the healing business, the business of healing, which is what this podcast is really focused on. So I would love for you to just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, whether it's you know, how you grew up, where you grew up, where you're from, kind of maybe some of the professional aspects, the personal aspects, whatever feels like comes to your heart at this time. Okay. So my name is Greg. I was born and raised in France. I had a, I can say, happy childhood, although my parents were not always in harmony mm-hmm. until they actually did something good, which is they separated when I was 10 years old. Well, it was a really important event in my life, that event, that split, that left, we can say, marks that in the future I would be working on that. So I've been working on that split, we can say. It was a catalyst for me to work on for my inner work, I mean. Yes. Regarding my orientation career, it has, I mean, since I was very young, I was very attracted by the business world. I was seeing myself. I don't know, exchanging, selling, buying. I don't know, but it was about business. Yes, I know what you mean. (laughs) It was about business. I was also at the same time attracted by anything spiritual and the usual questions that we have, you know, like, why am I here? What is the point? What is the meaning of life and all that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I went into, yeah, into a business school when I was like 18, first in France. And then I was lucky that my family was in the United States. So I joined them and I went to study business management at the University of Hartford in Connecticut. Mm. That was great for me that the way of doing business in America or the way they teach it was more, I don't know, it it brought me a lot. Mm. I connect less with the world of business in France for some reason. Or actually, more than that, I connect less with the mentality of the French, we can say. Mm. I feel very French and it's like my home, sweet home. But actually, I've not lived in France since I was 19 years old. And I just went exploring the world, you know, until I ended up in Israel. I felt a real attraction for this holy land. So I've been based in Israel for 17 years now. Wow. And I'm 41. I've been based there. I feel I uh, my life is meant to be there. Although sometimes, like now, I need to go and just 
connect with other cultures. So I'm now in Bali. I've decided to to spend like six months here and probably to continue traveling after that to other countries, maybe in Asia, maybe in South America. I feel very attracted always to the place where there is a, a beach and coconuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good, right? Looks good. Yeah. <laughs> I need the, a lot of water and the sun. Yes. Yeah. And something happened when I was 30 years old. I was guided to meet a psychic who, when I was in his presence, something happened. It awakened something in my third eye and my perception of life shifted completely. It's like I lost track of time when I was with him. He went deeply inside me and read me. I felt like really something was shifting and changing. And right after that, I was so attracted by the world of energies, like with crystals or, you know, feeling, sensing energies everywhere, places, metals, people, something happened. And I started to be really driven into that. And it took over from my career, from my job. Like mm-hmm. I started to be really more into that than into the business world and more and more the business world I was in, which at that time was the gambling industry, okay? okay. Which is not, it's not the sweetest world, the kindest and philanthropic world. Mm. They're really there to make money. And even more than that, to exploit what I felt is that they exploit the weakness of people who are, many of them are gamble addicts. Exactly. So as I explored more and more that world of healing while being in in the business world, there was a conflict inside me feeling that Mm. on the one side, I was making money, exploiting people's weaknesses. And on the other side, I would start practicing healing techniques I learned to heal people who would have those weaknesses or addictions, pain, etc. So there was something growing in me, a conflict that became more and more unbearable. And so at some point I made a choice. Well, the, the, the thing is I had before that beliefs that I would not be able to make a living having my spiritual business, being a healer. You know, I had those beliefs. And even more, maybe if I'm very honest with you and with myself and with the people who are listening, I had the belief that I would not be able to make a living in a honest way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yes. yes. But I made that choice to go through the inner work and to overcome that. And it happened. I love this story. (laughs) So today, because I went through all of that, I attract in my healing sessions people who also feel all kinds of uh, challenges Mm -hmm. to establish themselves in their spiritual business, who are very challenged even to accept that they are healers. Mm. Sometimes they they come to me, they don't know they are meant to be healers, and they start to see it through the healing process. Man, let me tell you, this is exactly why I was guided to you. And for all the listeners, this is exactly what we focused on, or at least he brought to my awareness in our first consultation about me 
struggling with my acceptance of my position as a healer. And I've been calling myself a metaphysical master, a millennial age. I've, you know, very intentionally started a business around healing. Yet for some reason, there was some aspect of me that valued my, you know, my Harvard Business School, Harvard Kennedy School policy degrees, and all my work in corporate America was somehow some somewhat more valuable than my essentially no name skills are in healing. You know, my, I was just talking about what I started in, in the healing journey was all self-taught. And I'm sure you study with your shaman and things like this, but you've developed your practice based on what you're learning from yourself. And that can't yes. be awarded, you know, a medal or a certificate from any program because it's completely coming from you and source. So there are no titles, but for me, it is really more important Although I don't depreciate the business school or degrees, I feel that, yes, you have this podcast because it's very needed to combine both, to integrate them. There is no conflict. We are exchanging energies through business. Exactly. Actually, when, when I was working in that online gambling industry, I have a story. I would love to hear <laughs> I was managing a creative team, designers, programmers, tech people. Mm -hmm. So the company had many rooms. And in our room, which was right in front of the office entrance, we were laughing a lot. <laughs> and the bosses started to, to tell us, look, doesn't look good. It's supposed to be a serious place. And, you know, we, we were doing great work. There was no complaints about that. But it was almost like there needs to be fear in that office for people mm -hmm. to obey, for people mm -hmm. to be like machines. They need to fear us. So if you bring too much joy or laughter when people enter, it's not good for the company. And so I started to feel that it was too fake, that I couldn't be myself there. Mm. And this is generally what I find to be everyone's dilemma and what I've termed organizational disease is that in these organizations where we're stifled, our creativity is stifled, our voices are stepped on, and we really aren't allowed to bring our full self to the workplace. And we spend majority of our time at work. So if we're faking and putting on a mask while we're at work, then we're definitely going to fake and put on a mask when we're with our families, when we're with our friends, we hang out with our work friends. It just continues. And this essentially became my point of healing because I didn't know who was who, the mask wearing Aaron or the real Aaron. I didn't know. And so that to me is critically the challenge, one of the most I believe cancerous habits that we see in business is this, what people call code switching sometimes where you're acting one way at work and then you're acting another way around your friends and then you're acting another way around your family. And some people, especially for black people, we're even talking differently. Like obviously you can't do anything about your accent, but in black culture, we have, you know, black slang. So we have to talk really proper when we get into the workplace. So it's really it, <laughs> the identity. It becomes a challenge when we are talking about work and being your true authentic self. And I would love to speak more with you about that 30 year old catalytic period. And then maybe also a little bit about your 10 year old period, because I feel like I had some issues too when I was growing up, traumas in my childhood that I believe manifested 
in a similar but different way in my 30s. And I was wondering if you could speak more to those catalysts and how they kind of brought you into your, your metaphysical path. Okay, so I'm going to be a bit deeper. Sure. So yeah, there was a conflict when I was 10 and it was very sudden because my parents split overnight mm -hmm. in one night, one day, everything changed. And overnight, basically what happened is my father told me I had to choose between him and my mother, like either you're with me or against me. So that was like duality at its greatest for me, yeah, as a child. And that was very strong. Like I had this period of my life where I had to please. I felt I had to please my father if I wanted to keep him in my, in my life. Yes. So that brought a lot of anxiety in me. Mm which at the time, of course, I didn't realize, but now I can see that. So my whole work has been to bring unity, oneness in me, to unify this duality, to come to the embodiment of, we can say, no contradiction. Mm. Yes, that was a great catalyst in my life. Well, at the end, I chose to live with my father, to be with him, and what happened is that when I was 14 or 15 years old, I was living with him in Paris. I was in high school and he met his new wife and they decided to go and live outside in the outskirts of Paris. And my high school was in Paris. And basically my father told me, you cannot come with us. You have to stay where you are. So I felt, I remember feeling like vertigo. Mm. experiencing this feeling of something's too high i'm on a cliff i'm on my own like a trauma yeah mm. it was also strength already because even as a child deep inside me i wanted to be independent to do things on my own in my own way and of course that was the best opportunity at age 15 to just organize my life in my place, in my apartment, cooking, washing my uh, clothes, yeah, and managing myself to try to have some discipline. But all that led to me feeling a gap and mm -hmm. trying to, to fill that gap. So with alcohol, with parties, with, uh, you know, marijuana, mm -hmm. all kinds of addictive patterns that I felt mm -hmm. from very early stages in my life. And this has stayed with me. And this has also been what I was working on to build myself in a responsible way where I would not distract myself or escape myself, my body or reality. So this has been, I'm still working on that. This has been the work of my life. Definitely. Yeah? And I believe those were great gifts because Today, I, I'm mature, mature enough emotionally to, to see that it was the plan. It was my plan. Totally. <laughs> At the soul level, it was my plan. And today I can say I feel I'm happy. I can celebrate that I have in great part stepped out of the drama of all that. Yes, definitely. Because I feel like so many people, especially our listeners, have that experience of abandonment like you did with your father. And I also sure. had that experience with my, both my parents actually in, in different ways. And when we have that gap, if you will, 
of feeling alone, of feeling like we're not connected. That's essentially our disconnection from source. And we seek that through substances, through sex, through shopping, whatever it is to fill that gap. Or gambling. Or gambling. I believe that's why I ended up in gambling. Yes. Oh my God. I understand their psychology. Yes. Yes. And just to get that next instant gratification, the gratification of winning, of feeling that joy that's fleeting, but it's a feeling that people are chasing and not understanding that that's the feeling that you get from being connected to yourself and knowing who you are and loving who you are and not escaping yourself. And that escaping is something that really resonates deeply with me because I too found myself in the same addictive patterns and habits, seeking an escape from my reality that I was not at all connected to. Like I did a lot of the external blaming and victimization and achieving and not really for myself, just to please my parents and so they can brag about me and things like that. Instant gratification, but it can never be satisfying in the long term. At all, at all. And you realize it very quickly. It's a patch. Just a patch. So in the work that we do, we go deep into the root of all that. Mm-hmm. And we reach the pain, and we learn to live with the pain. To con- because I believe when you talk about connection, that it's about connecting to that pain, which usually we avoid. Exactly. We use drugs or any addict addictive behavior mm-hmm. to not meet that pain, and we spend our lives escaping or not seeing, ignoring. Or even hating that pain. Yes. And I'm glad you bring this up because in the healing community, in the metaphysical, spiritual community, there is now more interest in it from mainstream because of psychedelics. And since we're on the topic of drugs, like I have friends that have done ayahuasca trips, mushrooms, all these things, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, I I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I still feel like it's a, a means to if not, you know, done in in proper form to escape the pain that it is to go through your day-to-day existence and just experience it and feel it for what it is. I feel, I still feel in some cases, it's an opportunity for people to try to accelerate their path or try to get there faster by going through these rituals. And I'd love to have your input on this because I've not experience ayahuasca ceremony or some of these shamanic ceremonies with psychedelics and just find that there's still value in just living your day-to-day experience and experiencing that pain, the day-to-day releasing of that pain versus something that's, you know, more intense, like an ayahuasca trip or a DMT trip or something like this. Yeah. I personally, I tried. I tried the ayahuasca in San Pedro. Mm-hmm. I believe it's not for me. It's not my way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you say, I believe it's how you do it. But there may be, I guess, if you have an addictive pattern, easily you can go into doing it wrong. Mm. Like using those plants in a way that is not sacred. Or if you don't have the right shaman who can hold the space for the ceremony. Yes, it can become something also to escape, I believe. Mm. My way is more the shamanic way of through energy transmission. And can you share more about that to our listeners? Because that's something too, that was of great interest to me was the fact that you call yourself a shamanic healer and you've studied with shamans. So speak to us a little bit about what that means in the metaphysical space. 
So my lineage, spiritual, not bloodline, is from Mexico. It's a tribe from a specific location in Mexico who have a high wisdoms, wisdom. And they've been master shamans, master healers for 25 or now maybe 26 generations. And they use mostly in a shamanic way, the energy, pure energy, waves, not plants to heal. Mm. Okay. For some people, it's very surprising because we often just associate shamanism with plants mm. and psychedelics and uh, ayahuasca and all that. That's very true. Yeah. But so this is a branch of shamanism, which is healing through consciousness, vibrations. We use a lot in that lineage of sacred geometry. Yes. A tool that's called light language, which is the language of light, not what we know as the language of light, which would be, you know, this language that comes from out of space. You heard of light language? Yeah. Language of light. Some people, when they are in trance, they start speaking something called the language of light. And it sounds like some kind of alien language. They don't understand the words they say Mm. necessarily, but they would speak that language. Many people Mm. who are spiritual actually do that. But this is light language. It's very different. The language of light through sacred geometry. And in that tradition, in my tradition, that sacred geometry, the shapes and colors combined are the language of light. Meaning, even as we speak now, you and me, there is an exchange of sacred geometry Mm -hmm. that is invisible. I use and we use that sacred geometry tool to manifest. For example, there is a tool I use a lot with my clients, which is a light language grid, seven shapes and colors, each shape for one of your chakras. And that light grid that is customized that I write is going to restructure, we can say, your aura Mm. to manifest or to be more in line with who you are now. Mm. So for example, for me, I learned that in 2012, 10 years ago, I've been having a light grid on me all the time and I change it. Maybe these days I change it every two or three months. And for me, it is the base of my energetic work, we can say, the foundation. And could you walk us through that process? Like, what does that process look like in shifting your light grid? Because I've actually never heard this reference before. Okay, so basically what happens is I tune with you. I feel you. I feel where you're meant to go. What is your path or your next level in your life, we can say, and which kind of energies are needed in your aura. And then I use the shapes and the colors. Okay. For each chakra, I would choose a specific shape and a specific color from the library that I have. It's many, many colors, maybe more than 200 different shades and maybe also 200 and more shapes, different shapes. They all have a specific type of energy. So when you combine a shape with a color, it creates something very specific for one of your chakras. For example, the color purple is for spirituality. It's associated with your third eye. So in light language, we have purple, but we also have many shades of purple. And 
I don't necessarily have to choose for your third eye a purple color. I can choose anything else. For example, I could choose green if I feel, for example, that there is a need for some growth or healing in your third eye. So you would do green for my third eye, even though that's connected to my heart chakra? Green? It's a possibility. I'm not sure for you. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure what you need now. Gotcha. So you're guided to the colors based on whoever you're you're working with in terms of what that person needs to heal different aspects of their energetic body. Yes. And it could be that today you would need greed on your third eye and that in three months you would need pink. Wow. And you do that for yourself too? Yes. I always have a greed on me. And now what happens is that when I start to feel some kind of misalignment in me, the first thing I do I change my grid and something happens and shifts and I get back to alignment. And I actually used to have those grids written for me in the past because doing it for yourself is a different story, right? Than doing it for your clients. But today I do them for myself. I have enough distance to feel what I need. Mm -hmm. Thank you for this. I I had never heard of light, light language, light readings, like grid readings. So this is incredibly enlightening for me. And I, I want to talk a little bit more about the business. So you decided at 30, okay, I'm working in this gambling company. I'm having these awakenings with this shamanic teaching. What was the catalyst that made you, or what was the motivation that made you make that full transition from corporate life? Because you were at a tech gambling company, like that's pretty fast paced, money driven, you know, all those things to, to giving that up, you know, and taking yeah. the slower you know, more, (laughs) more nebulous healing path where things aren't always guaranteed, like we're expecting them to be. Actually, it was more than just fast money because at the end I was not working a lot. I was traveling, I was working online and I was dedicating maybe only between one and three hours a day of my weekdays. So it was very comfortable, okay, materially. I didn't have to to do a lot, but the conflict was very intense. The conflict that was in me that brought that contradiction because I felt that my path, my mission is to, to heal and to support people and to support harmony between people and people with themselves. I was doing the opposite. I was doing the complete opposite. That's what I felt. So that was the great motivation that I could not bear that in me. Yes. It was too much. And so with my master, my life master, I've been working with her. Her name is Omaya. I've been working with her for 10 years. She's really a great blessing in my life through private sessions weekly or every two weeks. I worked with her through that. She brought healing to the aspects of me that needed light the shadows, the beliefs, the challenges, the blockages, and it worked out well. Then the big jump I made, I remember, from going to like two clients a week to 15 or 20 a week was when we were working on the aspect in my life of intimacy, So, which is very challenging for me. When we were working with this, I met someone who was actually one of my clients and I felt attracted to her and she felt attracted to me in a different way. So we stopped the 
healing session, the healer work, uh, healing work together. And we started dating and going deeper. And it was very challenging for me. It was so challenging that through that relationship, my mind could not survive. We can say it. My mind was in shock and my mind forgot to struggle with the fear I had in my sessions with my clients. And so I, it was a blessing because at the same time, I had a lot of anxiety from that relationship with that girl. And at the same time, my mind surrendered and I was able to just go with emotionally, I guess, go full on in my sessions and trusting more myself somehow because it was bypassing the mind. It's one of the aspects that I shifted, but not the only one. But I feel it was very meaningful and it was the, the biggest jump. So really getting you on a track to being able, I can do this full time. Not just full time, but before that, there was resistance in me. Like I, I had every session, I had a fear of failure. Mm. I was trying to plan the session I was trying to plan which treatment, which direction the session would go. And actually it's counterproductive because <laughs> I would not be in tune with what's now, with what wants to be dealt with now. Oh, yes. So I had those fears and I was lacking confidence in myself. And it was in the way, in the space of healing. In the healing space I was holding or trying to hold, it was present. And therefore, there was healing, but it was limited. Come on now. So I hope you guys are listening to this because this is fundamentally the healing around business that metaphysicians are engaged in. Because as business students, we are taught to have an agenda. We are taught to have a plan. We are taught to have a, you know, a point. And I'm sure even in the healing business, uh, doctors, you come in, you... You, you you get the diagnosis, you you know you figure out what the what the disease is and you prescribe the medicine like there's a formula to everything. Yet when you start to become a healer and you've got a metaphysical healer at that a shamanic healer, there is no prescriptive formula. I mean there can be you know you know a little bit to each one, but you really have to rely on your ability to channel your highest self in the moment, in the present moment, because that's really where the healing happens. And that can't yeah. always be dictated by a plan or an expectation of what will happen at the end. And trust I, me, I feel you on that. Yeah, I can feel that you feel and there yeah. is a resonance. Yes. I can say that today I am careful not to plan mentally my sessions or even this podcast, meaning... Mm -hmm. I tune into the questions or the subjects, the topics that you would bring, but I'm careful not to write and not to build already my speech because I believe that if I do that, it would not be true. It would not be, it would be some kind of distorted or fake or too much mental. So instead I prefer investing energy and time in preparing energetically my space, tuning in, connecting to myself, to source, to earth, to you, to our spirit guides. And this works magically. Come on now. That's it. 
And, and that's something that I hope our listeners are able to take away because I think that there's so much self-judgment, self-criticism, self-expectations, especially coming from the generation that we are. If you've gone to college, like you have this <laughs> programming where you just really want to achieve and be successful and do good and please. And when you're moving into this space, all of that, those fall away. And that's likely some of the resistance that you carry too in your sessions. Obviously you were trying to show up, you know, as the shamanic healer to save the day versus, or for me, you know, show up to have the ask or do what I'm supposed to do and not really connecting with who I'm with. And, and that's something that, that I'm sure many healers will on their journey will understand or folks who are in the metaphysical space will also understand how to allow more connection in the work that they do as opposed to the action of doing the work. Yes. Staying in the action will bring, like you said, instant gratifications of momentary achievements, but it can never be enough. It's endless. When you just look forward to results that would please your boss, that <laughs> would not, that would please your ego, but would have no real meaning to your heart, it would be very challenging for you to feel a sense of joy, a real sense of joy. And something I feel now, I feel like bringing to the space for the listeners is that you don't have to please the job market, your boss, the management, or anything for your career to work. Actually, life has many possibilities for you to have the perfect job. That would be the most rewarding for you at all levels, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And that would be very aligned with who you are. You don't need to bring yourself according to circumstances and how the world looks and how the business world looks. This is a message I feel is important because many people are stuck there. They are stuck with with those beliefs. Hmm. And what would you offer them? Maybe two or three things to exit out of that mindset, because this is a question I get to, you know, I want to be able to feel that way, but what do I need to do to get there? What would you, how would you answer that question? Practically, how do you bring yourself? This is a question practically how you bring yourself to that state of I am me, I am myself in the corporate or business world. Well, something that I recommend to most of my clients, regardless of what we're working on, and it's something I learned from my shamanic background, from my lineage, the base is like every day, learn to connect to earth Connect your crown to source, feel the crown opening and feel the light pouring inside you and circulating inside you. Connect to your heart, anchor into your heart. You can imagine that you just, that there is a a gate in your heart. You can feel it, sense it, see it, doesn't matter. And feel that you enter your heart, that space of your heart. It's a completely different vibration. If you do that, Every day, we can say, in my tradition, we say 28 days, a moon cycle is good for your system to learn to work differently. If you do that enough, you train yourself to be like that, you will become that. You will become connected to yourself, to your truth, to to who you are. And I believe that things will change 
your perception of life will change your perception of yourself which will change and you will be much less ready to compromise yourself yes and in that process do you recommend that people set intentions because oftentimes if you before this 28 day or 21 day sometimes people set intentions but what would be a good intention to set well i believe that one intention for everyone would be to connect more to who they are to their authentic self However, I feel that the more they do that, the more actually as they connect to themselves, new intentions for themselves will arise. Mm -hmm. It will be a journey of leveling up in what they want for themselves. Yes. But at the end, I believe to be in the business world, the intention should be that you want to be yourself simply mm -hmm. within that world. And to let go of the belief that you have to fake it to make it. You have to fake it now. to make it in the world no. of business. That you are expected to be like this, like that. Life has the perfect settings for you that will resonate with you. Because you actually are the one who projects the world you're in the company you're in, the boss you have, you project all that. This is the key. We believe that those people are like this, like that. I believe there is an infinity of versions of your business company, of your team, of your boss, of your employees. And depending on your state, your inner state and vibrations, there will be a specific version that matches who you are. Exactly. I love, love, love that you said that because what we're calling people to do in this meta business work is to understand their mastery in their creation. Oftentimes we're walking around in the victim consciousness or we're blaming our manager for keeping us from that promotion or blaming our colleague from being competitive and st stabbing us in the back. And we're not focusing on the fact that we attracted everything that's around us and that we have much more control and much more agency of what ha is happening around us if we're able to manage and control ourselves and our emotions. So I love, love, love that you brought up this idea of the, the vibrational aspect of it is because as you're doing these, this daily meditation work, this daily connection to your heart, to your chakras, to your energetic body, you are lifting up your vibration slowly and surely or fastly and surely depending on you know if you have a lot of resistance or not and as you grow this vibration then you're able to shift the energetic frequency of the people around you so you may notice that some people may end up getting moved away from your team or your manager may suddenly decide to go to another company or get another opportunity and things are shifting around you to actually attract those people and those things that better serve you at that vibrational frequency so that's one thing yeah. i always am, am eager to share with people around their toxic work environments is really who's bringing the toxic, who's bringing the toxicity, you know, is it you to the workspace? Because it, I mean, if you're feeling that way, then it's starting from you. It's everything is about self-referral. So I love that. Yeah. It means there is something toxic in you for sure. Mm -hmm. If there is toxicity around you, there must be toxicity in you. And a major step in the healing process is to accept that. It's not easy to accept. I know. There is so much <laughs> denial around that. 
Yeah, so what I offer this short meditation is it doesn't take much time. You can do it like a few minutes every day, but commitment. If you commit to it, there is great strength in that commitment and it can pay off a lot. It can change a lot in your life and it can bring you to a place of you becoming a leader of your life regarding, regardless which position, job title you have. You become a leader. When I say leader is that you are your yourself. This is what it is to be a leader for me. You are yourself. You be, behave as you. You don't fake it. You respect yourself. Mm. New leadership. You respect your essence. Yes. <laughs> and this will feel great. You will see that things around you will start changing. The people, magically, the environment, how people react around you, everything will start to shift. And this will give you more confidence mm. to continue with this work. What I offer now is just one form and one tool, of course. But there are many. If this is what you want to become that leader, life will go with you. It will cooperate with you. And do you have this meditation tool to share? Is it available or is this something that you do in meditation in one-on-one -on -one sessions with your clients? It's not very much more complicated than what I shared now. Okay. But if you want, if you want, I can give more, I can be more specific, give more details. No, I think you gave a beautiful explanation earlier when you were talking about opening up your crown to, you know, the light and being able to open up that gate to your heart too. I, I love that. So yeah. And when people hear that now, they will probably feel maybe, oh, am I able to do that? To tap into those things, this energy from my experience with many clients, when you are sensitive, you are an empath, you have this, you have access to that. It, it works. Okay. okay. So if someone tells you now, like me, open your crown and feel or sense or see the light coming in it will work in the yes. way that it was to work for you. But don't just let your mind tell you, oh, how does it work? It's not going to work for me. Try it. Okay. Yes. The second thing I would recommend when you do that is to be in a space that is for you sacred. Meaning don't do it in a room that is very messy and that doesn't feel like in some kind of order because order brings clarity you don't want your room to be a mess because otherwise you're probably going to be like the space you're going to be a mess so you would like when you when you clean your room when you clear also the space and when you just make a prayer to make it sacred a holy space where you do some important work and meditation on yourself it's going to help a lot for the clarity of the work you do to come in, to show up. That's very good because our internal environment reflects our external environment and vice versa. Our external environment reflects our yes. internal environment. So this, yeah. is, this is very good wisdom, listeners, for meditation, for manifestation, for connecting to your true self. This is just find a space that's sacred. Believe in your abilities. Second of all, believe that yeah. you can channel it. You can open up yeah. your heart, believe in that, and you will see believe. a vast shift in, in your perspective. Is there Trust anything yourself. else you want to share? I can't believe the hour went by so fast. Already? 
already? Yeah. Okay. The point you brought now, I feel can be the, the final, like self-trust, believing. Because if I look back at all those years of inner work I've done with myself, for me, the key is self-trust. I can see that actually all the gifts I have, healing, psychic, etc., were always there. I can see it now, but before I could not. And the magic ingredient is the trust, the self-confidence in yourself that you are sensitive for a reason. You are an empath for a reason. You have certain psychic powers and healing abilities. They are there for a reason. They are there to be used because many times spiritual people, they take that for granted. They don't understand that only maybe less than 1% of the world population has this kind of abilities and that it is meant for what is called light work. Mm. And so they take it for granted. They're like, I have this, or even it's a curse. Mm. I'm too sensitive. It works against me because when I walk into a space, I am a sponge and everything, all the bad energies and emotions of others, I take them in. Actually, they are not a curse. They are a gift and they are to be used by you to shift the world and especially the the business world. It's very needed. Very needed. Very needed. So definitely that's a beautiful statement you're right to end on because so many people are empathic and feel like, oh man, like I, social anxiety almost around it. So they would almost rather avoid people than to experience this energetic connection. And I'm yeah. so grateful that offered this this healing meditation for folks who are listening that are feeling that connection to people that they're not sure what to make of it by understanding by going in going inward you're growing your soul growing your energetic capacity to be able to handle and hold space for all of those different energies around you because that's yes. why, why we have these gifts and then you become a living example in the workplace yes just like that and it's <laughs> contagious Yes, and it's contagious. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite hopeful about the business world. I see it uh, shifting. Me too. Yeah, you see that, right? Absolutely. It's it's my big vision. The whole world yeah. changing. The whole world meditating yeah. at work. You know, giving hugs, showing love, dancing together, laughing together at their desks. Yeah. Like I, what you were saying, I was like, that's what I want my office to look like. <laughs> yeah, and less verticality in the hierarchy. I think, by the way, that the pandemic brought a lot of good things for that, that people would be able to work online, to be more independent from their team, from their company. They become more leaders. Mm -hmm. They take more responsibility for their thing. The management accepts much more that someone would not be there physically, et cetera, et cetera. I, I feel this is a blessing for the business world. Yes, less micromanaging and more trusting. Yes, trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that concludes our podcast today. I would love for you to share how listeners can get in touch with you, how they can book a session with you, share a little bit more details about how we can stay in touch with you. Yes. So the best way to contact me, to get in touch, to feel my energy is to go on my website, Holistic Healing altogether.co.il and there they can book a session they can contact me they can book a 15 minutes consultation which i like to have with them to feel 
if we are a good match, if they feel I am a good match for them as a healer, and if they are a good match for me as a client. Yeah. And from there, they can access my Instagram page and my Facebook page where I share all kinds of things in my daily life that I feel is inspiring for me and that might inspire others. And what's your Instagram handle? Yeah. Greg, G-R-E-G underscore Baudi, my last name, B-O-U-D-Y underscore Shaman, S-H-A-M-A-N. Yes. Perfect. And um, they can use the same Greg Baudi Shaman for Facebook as well. No, it's a different one. It's called Shaman Healer Israel, if I'm not wrong. But everything is on my website. Perfect. Thank you. Yes. And actually, right now on my website, there is nothing about teaching, but already my healing sessions are more like teachings, you know, like Mm. conversational teachings where I transmit some kind of a teaching. So these days I'm also moving into more teaching. I want to become a teacher to teach groups. Okay. It's not yet, but this is one of my goals for this year that this will happen. Definitely. I can definitely sense that. And that was definitely how our session was. It was definitely more of a conversation and and awakenings happening through conversation and and the lifting of consciousness. Conscious healing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you so much, Erin, for having me. Well, thank you so much, Greg. It's such an honor to have you and for you to be so honest and vulnerable and open with your your life and your practice and your journey. I really appreciate you as well. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. (laughs) Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored and I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, Head over to my website, AaronPatton.com, to find all the show notes, links, and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.